the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwall Show. Sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. What got into Josh? Yeah, all of a sudden, school choice is a good idea. Josh uh, Shapiro has suddenly uh, and kind of quietly come around, apparently. According to an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal by a frequent guest on this show, uh, Corey DeAngelis, who's Mr. School Choice, uh, he says it's right there on Josh's website. He says uh, he's in favor of, quote, adding choices for parents and educational opportunity for students and funding lifeline scholarships like those approved in other states and introduced in Pennsylvania, unquote. Apparently he's not worried, as worried as he used to be anyway, about, uh, you know, being uh, money being lost by the Pennsylvania Education Fund. The Lifeline Scholarship Bill is an education savings account program. It means that uh, families who have kids in rotten schools uh, can take their state education dollars and spend it on private schools. This would be great news for the Catholic schools, by the way, who have been struggling for a long time, some of them closing down. Uh, Tom Wolf was expected to veto the bill that passed the Senate back in April, so it's been held up, waiting for him to get out of there. Uh, and here's what uh, may have gotten Josh's attention. The latest morning co- consult poll shows 77% of parents with kids in school support education savings accounts. 77%. And the Real Clear Opinion research poll says 72% of voters in the country support school choice. And who wouldn't, after what happened during uh, the COVID hysteria, and who wouldn't want the option to not send their kid to a city school where they're graduating kids who read at a fourth grade level? So this is good news for parents in Pennsylvania, but it may not be great news for Republicans because Shapiro was smart enough to steal this issue away from them. Meanwhile, did you see the story about John Fetterman? He hates school choice because it takes funding away from public schools. Well, you know what else takes funding away from public schools? People not paying their school taxes. And according to the Washington Free Beacon, Fetterman did not pay tens of thousands of dollars in taxes to his local school district, which, by the way, is in Braddock and one of the poorest in the state. That's the, the Woodland Hills School District, actually. It placed three dozen tax liens against Fetterman, a total of $18,692 in unpaid property taxes. That was from 2006 to 2019 when he was being uh, given an allowance by his dad. The district sued Fetterman twice over those unpaid taxes, resulted in default judgments against Fetterman that totaled $3,769. Now, Fetterman eventually paid his bill, but what a phony this guy is. And once again, if he wins and becomes a U.S. senator from Pennsylvania, there is no hope for humanity. When we come back, we'll talk to our unofficial Texas correspondent about the chaos on the border Martha's Vineyard, and liberal hypocrisy. And in our second half hour, Peter Navarro, one of Donald Trump's top advisors, he's written a book about how lots of his other advisors let him down and cost him the 2016 election. Stick around. 
John Fetterman is proud of releasing a record number of felons from prison early. He said it himself, more than, quote, any administration in history. Fetterman's bragging about freeing more thugs serving life sentences than in the previous 25 years combined, making our streets less safe while violent crime is rising. Fetterman is even pushing to end life sentences for felony murder. Just listen to him talk about it. The first way I believe to change it, and that is eliminating the felony murder law. Eliminating the felony murder law. That's John Fetterman proclaiming he wants to eliminate the felony murder law. And Fetterman's proudly releasing record numbers of dangerous criminals. That's crazy. But that's far left John Fetterman. Senate Leadership Fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org The 1619 Project was created by the New York Times with the purpose of canceling our nation's founding in 1776 and replacing it with a claim that America was actually a slaveocracy founded in 1619. This false fictional history of America is now being taught in a public school classroom near you. That's why you need to read Mary Graybar's book, Debunking the 1619 Project, Exposing the Plan to Divide America, now in paperback. The 1619 Project has become part of the curriculum for 75% of America's students as early as second grade. When you read Debunking the 1619 Project, you'll get an in-depth look at the false and divisive tactics being used to characterize America as a nation of oppression. Dennis Prager calls Debunking the 1619 Project the unvarnished truth about a fundamentally decent country, the United States of America. The 1619 Project is a dangerous collection of race-based obsessions that makes Mary Graybar's book, Debunking the 1619 Project, an essential read for concerned parents and educators. Get your copy of Debunking the 1619 Project by Mary Graybar, now in paperback wherever books are sold. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. 
The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, things are crazy down in Texas. They have been for a while. Uh, I think we just went over the 2 million mark in illegal immigrants for the fiscal year. Uh, and you know all about what's happening with um, the, the people sent to Martha's Vineyard. And uh, it's crazy down there. Uh, Matt Makoviak is uh, right in the middle of it. He's the, uh, re- he's the chairman of the Republican Party in Travis County in Texas. And uh, he's also a columnist and a blogger and a pundit. And he joins us now. Matt, thanks for being here. Hey, John. How are you? Good. So, I, I mean, just let's just, in general, um, how is this playing in Texas? Uh, not just where you are, but statewide. Is this... This whole uh, thing with uh, going over two million and, and the and the and the uh, the Martha's Vineyard stuff. Yeah, I mean we've had a, a crisis at our border that's that's really totally historic since Biden's been in office. You remember he uh, basically sent a welcome sign to legal immigrants by making clear the first ninety days of his presidency, I think the first hundred days, uh, they were not going to enforce immigration laws. They've ended catch and release. They've ended uh, remaining in Mexico. They undermine the Border Patrol. You know, just the list goes on and on. That's why you're seeing record numbers of illegal immigrants cross, record numbers of arrests, and massive records on fentanyl seizures. Um, as it relates to the uh, to the removals uh, sent to other places, keep in mind, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, really started that by busing migrants voluntarily to, to other cities like Chicago, Washington, D.C., and New York. And there was, you know, a lot of outcry on the left about that. I, apparently now... You know, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has taken it to a different level by flying some of these individuals first to Martha's Vineyard. And I guess today they're being flown to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where President Biden's vacation home is. So uh, the, the great thing about this, John, is it is it actually it absolutely dispels, uh, you know, any sense that Democrats who claim to be in support of sanctuary cities and and all of those kinds of things. Uh, once it actually comes to their community, they have absolutely no interest in remaining as a sanctuary city. And so the beauty of this as an issue is that it, it, it actually shares the burden uh, with people who say they, they, they welcome illegal immigrants. They want to provide services that everyone can do whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. Well, it's not true in Washington DC or New York city or Chicago or Martha's Vineyard or, or pretty soon, probably Rehoboth beach. They're making clear that they like living in their Tony areas behind gated, you know, behind gates in, in, in with their security and their, you know, and their, in their sort of enclaves. But when they when they get one what one ten thousandth of what we're dealing with in South Texas along the border, uh, they scream bloody murder. They launch criminal investigations. Uh, you know, there were wall to wall cable news coverage. So I think this is playing very well in sort of middle America. I think most people understand what's really going on here, uh, and this is going to come to a head because I don't think these these communities really uh, want to see this policy continue where the governors can can send uh, immigrants. Uh, to their communities, you know, I, I do think there's going to probably need to be some kind of political solution uh, to the immigration issue. And my hope is when Republicans take the House back in November that we're going to have more leverage to seek a, 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 you know, a policy that requires the law to be enforced on the southern border. That's really the issue. Biden's not enforcing the law. I believe they will impeach the Homeland Security Secretary and the new, and the new Congress. Uh, these issues are not going away. In fact, they're going to become more and more and more urgent and more and more and more intense. Yeah, and of course, they're they're accusing of uh, DeSantis, not accusing, but comparing uh, DeSantis to Hitler, uh, saying it's a racist. And uh, 
And um, there seems to be conflicting stories about um, whether or not the people who were sent to Martha's Vineyard were really all that upset about it. They, uh, many of them, if not most of them, seem to be pretty happy with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, you know, it's a sanctuary destination, so they, they, they've made clear they're offering services to anyone that comes. Um, you know, they may not have, you know, welcome centers the way that we do in South Texas because of the volume of people that come in where they can process them. Uh, and I imagine getting 50 people in a fairly small, you know, town like Martha's Vineyard probably is a little bit disruptive. But again, I mean, you're talking about, I forget what the number is, I think it's 8,000 people cross the border illegally and get apprehended on, on a daily basis on the southern border, right? We, we took a, a very small percentage of that, not even 1% of that, and the Florida governor flew them from San Antonio to Martha's Vineyard, and we've had just an absolute outcry on the left. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a reminder that they don't even begin to understand the scale of the problem on the southern border, right? Our border star, Vice President Pamela Harris, hasn't visited the border. She went down to El Paso for a half hour. But she didn't see McAllen, she didn't see Laredo, she didn't see Brownsville, she didn't see Harlan, she didn't see any of these areas where, where these, these problems are acute and they're, in, they're serious. Uh, somehow, Joe Biden, even though he's been in public for 40 years, has never been to the southern border, which is pretty astounding. Um, and even his Homeland Security Secretary you know, re- really denies that there's a problem at the southern border. He really is not uh, clear in terms of how uh, of the size of the problem. So... I think this is a, a strategy uh, that is being employed by the governor of Texas and the governor of Florida to basically raise the stakes and force Democrats to be confronted with the, the absolute cost of illegal immigration uh, that red states like Texas and New Mexico and Arizona are paying uh, while, you know, coastal cities really aren't all that affected by it. So, again, this is going to come to a head. This won't continue forever, but I think it may continue for a few more weeks or even a few more months. But ultimately, this is going to have to be solved at the federal level in Congress. How is this going to be? How will this affect uh, elections in Texas? Uh, you know, the the uh, the vote in November. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting question because, and this is not—I don't think this is why this is happening right now. But I think it is an interesting aspect to it, and that is, you know, the, the abortion issue has dominated the national debate for the last few weeks, and I think it's been a big part of how Democrats have improved uh, their political standing because you've seen, you know, women across the country, and particularly in suburban areas be exercised about that. Well, that issue now has come down as a major issue, and this immigration issue has popped up just as the issue of inflation has popped back up. So I think the question, John, is, is you know, swing voters, how are they looking at all these things? It may be that they don't love the Supreme Court's abortion decision, but they also recognize that it's more expensive to do almost everything in their life. And when they add to that this immigration issue and the Democrats' total inability to understand how serious it is to be data-driven and focused and enforce the law, it may be that that's another issue where, where, where voters are going to say, you know what, single control in Washington where Democrats control every level of government is simply not working for me and my family. So I think this adds, it brings another issue back into the top uh, of the mind of the voter uh, across the country. And I think it's going to be a major issue. We look at, look at uh, you know, vulnerable Democratic senators like Ralph, Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Is he really uh, against this policy? I'll bet you this policy is really popular in Georgia across the state. I use that as one example. I can use the example of Fetterman. Lieutenant Governor Fetterman in, in your state, um, where, you know, presumably he probably is aligned with the left on these issues. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'll bet you this issue polls pretty darn well across the state of Pennsylvania, particularly in the T and in Western PA. So I have to wonder, uh, you know, have the Democrats maybe bitten off one they can chew here? Are they crying uh, too, too loud and, and too much over something that I think most of middle America sees as, as actually a fairly rational, reasonable policy approach to a, to a problem uh, that is really at the federal government's making? 
Well, Matt, I know you have some ties back here to Western PA, to Pittsburgh, and uh, I've been saying here on the air that if uh, if Fetterman wins, uh, I don't care what else, what else happens in the Senate, and uh, I don't care what happens in 2024, it doesn't matter because we're doomed, because uh, if how anybody can vote for that. If that guy wins in Pennsylvania, there's no hope for the human race. It's just, it, it, this thing that just came out today, you, you might be interested in this, I don't know if you've seen it yet. You know, he's he's very much opposed to school choice. Yeah. And uh, I just mentioned in the opening of the show that uh, the uh, Woodland Hills School District, uh, f- uh, I think they placed uh, three dozen liens on him because he didn't pay his in- his school taxes from 2006 to 2019. This is a guy who mm. doesn't want to have school choice because it'll cut funding from the schools. And this this <laughs> this is guy. He's gonna. He might win. He still might win. It's, yeah, I'm not going to go as far as you, John, to say it's the end of the world. Although <laughs> it certainly would be very discouraging. I yeah. think it, what it would say. It, it seems, Fetterman seems very un-Pennsylvania to me. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, you know, in fact, Tucker had an extraordinary monologue. If you didn't see it last week, where he went through Fetterman's record. Oh yeah. And not just as lieutenant governor when he was mayor of Braddock, mm-hmm. uh, how that city really got destroyed while he was mayor. You know, the fact he's never had a real job, he's never right. had any record of real accomplishment. The list goes on and on. And so I do think now we're starting to see that contrast get get, get driven. You know, his views on letting criminals out of jail, including violent criminals, is now being discussed and debated by the voters and by the by the by the media and the state mm-hmm. um you know his position on fracking is obviously a huge problem in western pa uh he can back away from that now but we all know where he really is and where he'll be when when, when the chips uh, are you know are in the middle of the table and then the issue that you bring up right it's, it's another example of what an absolute phony and hypocrite he is uh you know that he would make you know make his opposition to school choice known but then uh you know be in a position where he's not paying his taxes <laughs> which fund the education system i mean right. literally it's astounding that anyone would be that phony, you know, and put themselves up for a high public office like the U.S. Senate. Of course, during that time, he was being supported by his parents. He, his parents living at home, what, he was in his early 30s or mid-30s? Yeah. You know, and that's fine. I mean, look, if you have... No, no, he did it up until he was 49. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that gets to a point where it really makes you wonder what's really going on. But, but, mm. but honestly, look, Fetterman's issue is not that he stayed with his parents. It's that... His views are well, well, well oh, outside the mainstream absolutely. in Pennsylvania. And I think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna do very well in Western PA. I'll predict that now. I really don't. And I think uh, I think Oz is I think this race is tightening. Oz is coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a ten point race a month ago. It's probably a three or four point race now. Uh, I'm telling you, there's a real opportunity here. Biden's numbers are in the toilet, the inflation numbers keep getting worse. We're likely headed into a global recession that's gonna hurt America. We need people in the Senate that are going to fight for middle-class people in places like Western Pennsylvania. And there's really no case to be made that Lieutenant Governor uh, Fetterman has ever done that or ever will do that. And Dr. Oz has made the case that he is going to do that. And so I think he deserves a second look by voters that may have written him off because of the primary or didn't know who he was or didn't know what he was about. There's an opportunity here for him to win those voters back as as Fetterman's record starts getting uh, a much closer look. We're talking to Matt Makoviak, uh, our unofficial official uh, Texas correspondent here on this radio program, and uh, he is the uh, the chairman of the Travis County Republicans, and he also does uh, blogging, and he's a pundit, and he's been looking at this stuff for a long time. So back to Texas, if we can. Um, you mentioned that Kamala Harris uh, went there for about 20 minutes. Uh, Biden hasn't been there yet. Um, I'm wondering... I know that I see these stories. Fox is doing a great job, including lots of video showing people crossing the Rio Grande and everything that's going on down there. 
What about the Texas media, uh, the media in, in Dallas and, 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 you know, the big city mm-hmm. media down there? Are they covering this? That's a great question. There's a reporter at Fox News National, and he's based in Los Angeles, but he's basically been living in South Texas for over a year. His name's Bill Malugan. Tremendous. I think yeah. his last name was spelled M-E-L-U-G-I-N. I yep. would encourage, in fact, even demand all of your listeners to stop what they're doing and follow him on Twitter because his his reporting from the border has been absolutely incredibly valuable and meaningful. From the first day uh, so, I saw him, I was impressed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's just, I mean, if, in, a, in a world where journalism actually means something, he would be winning Pulitzers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he's not getting invited to any cocktail parties. But, right. <laughs> but to answer your question, the, the Texas media doesn't do a very good job, particularly in the non-border communities. I think in the border communities, because they're more familiar with the, public, the, uh, the real world consequences, they do a little bit more work. You know, one of the really interesting things is you have a Democratic member of Congress, Henry Cuellar, who got through his primary and has a very competitive race against an outstanding Latina candidate named Cassie Garcia. But Cuellar has been really critical of the Biden administration and VP Harris over these illegal immigration issues. And so it's not even just about him. It's about other elected officials at the local level, who, who even Democrats, who understand that, that what has been happening for two years cannot continue, that literally these communities are, are on the brink. They're literally on the brink. It's not just fentanyl seizures. It's property crimes. It's violent crime. Uh, it's what it, it's the pressure it's putting on social services and healthcare systems and schools and, and, and any number of other things. And of course, all the pressure puts on law enforcement and, and, and border patrol. Uh, my fiance's husband is a border patrol officer in, in South Texas. Does not reveal anything he cannot reveal to me. I'm, I certainly am aware of the strain and the pressure that this influx has put on our border patrol who are working overtime, putting themselves in great danger uh, to do the job they've been asked to do without getting the kind of support that, that they really need at the federal level to be successful. Yeah, has the Matt, has the fentanyl issue gotten enough coverage? It seems to be getting a little bit more, uh, maybe it's because we're getting closer to the election and it, uh, the Republicans obviously think it should be a major issue, but is it getting the, um, the, the uh, attention it deserves down there? No, it's not. Really? And uh, No, I mean, it, it gets some. It's nowhere near what it should be. I mean, honestly, the fentanyl coming into this country is probably the single greatest public safety threat that our country faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because, because of the power uh, of, of this, uh, this illicit substance, um, you know, even a very small amount, you know, can, can do enormous human damage. Right. Um, and so, you know, we don't catch all of it. We don't even catch 10% of it. Uh, and it, it's so much more potent that it's, it's, it's really a, an absolutely amazing, uh, direct threat to, to public safety. Um, I'll point out another person I think uh, your listeners should follow, and that's Congressman Chip Roy, who represents uh, the whole country and part of uh, southwest Austin. He has been all over these border issues, understanding how the cartels operate, following this fentanyl, the fentanyl issue very closely. His, his social media uh, is, is a tremendous follow to really see what's going on down the border and understand it. Um, and honestly, Congressman Roy calls out Republicans almost as much as he calls out Democrats. He thinks that really both parties are insufficient and the commitment that they've made to really, uh, you know, address this border crisis. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a crisis. It keeps getting worse. The Democrats don't seem to care, uh, whether that's out of ideological views or corruption, or maybe they think these are future Democratic voters, or some combination of all those motivations. There's a human cost to this the Democrats are ignoring. And I think now with what you're seeing with Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott of Texas, they're starting to now put that front and center uh, so that you can't ignore that human cost. Hey. And so I think it's a brilliant tactic. Is it a solution? No, it's not a solution. But it's a, it's a short-term or medium-term tactic 
that can share the burden uh, in other in other jurisdictions and make Democratic elected officials start to realize what we're dealing with down here. Sure got the attention, uh, got, got the uh, issue some attention that it wasn't getting. Matt, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on the show, as usual. Take care. All right. That's, Those dealers. See ya. Yep, that's Matt McCobiak, and we'll be right back. News. I'm John Scott. Herschel Walker continues to gain ground over his Democrat opponent in the race for U.S. Senate seat in Georgia. A new poll released by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution now has Walker leading his Democrat opponent, incumbent Raphael Warnock, 46 to 44 percent. A big stride for the former NFL star. The same poll a month ago had Warnock leading by three points. The five-point turnaround comes as GOP campaign officials predicted Walker would turn on the afterburners following the Labor Day holiday. The poll falls within the margin of error. If neither candidate wins 50 percent of the vote in November, the race will be settled by a runoff election. Bob Agner reporting. Hurricane Fiona blasting the Turks in Caicos Islands as a Category 3 storm after devastating Puerto Rico. And on Wall Street, the Dow is down 418 points, the Nasdaq off 131. This is SRN News. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Charlie Kirk explains just how far they're going. There have been objectors of every major election in the last 20 years. Did they receive subpoenas? They want a one-party state. The Constitution stands in the way. It's the only thing we have left. And they're using every piece of power at their disposal to expunge the one political party that still reveres the United States Constitution. The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Guys, are you getting up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? As we get older, so do our prostates. And that can mean urinary problems that affect our sleep and quality of life. Life is better outside the bathroom. Real Health's Prostate Complete can help you relieve those annoying and painful prostate symptoms. Available at Walmart or visit realhealth.com for more information and to order yours today. Try it risk-free with our 120-day money-back guarantee. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. Hi, Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Step up your grilling game with our Solaire Portable Infrared Grills. Our Compact Everywhere is a favorite of RVers and trailer pullers. Solaire Infrared provides the quick sear for bar marks and texture needed to properly finish sous vide. Use a portable 
alongside your larger conventional grill to create an instant sear zone and more juicy and flavorful food. Learn more at besthotgrill.com. Affordable, powerful, portable infrared grills at besthotgrill.com. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Brandon Tatum wants a logical immigration strategy. If our immigration system cannot hold that many people, we cannot allow that many people over in our country. If our immigration system can allow for millions and millions of people to be in America, we should structure it to where people can come over here and live a a peaceful life and have access to the things that Americans have access to. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, um, I apologize. I think we got knocked off the air there for a minute. Uh, might, I'm, I'm going to blame the Russians, but we'll figure out what it was later. Uh, but we're back on. And uh, Peter Navarro was with Donald Trump from the beginning, and he stayed with him to the end. Uh, one of only three senior White House officials to do that. He has a new book out. It's called Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We'll Win It Back. And Peter joins us now. Thanks for coming on, Peter. Sorry for that little delay. Well, John, you know, it's probably the communist Chinese. Whenever I try to speak the truth about China, bad things happen. Okay, I'll blame the Chinese. I'm I'm happy to blame the Chinese. (laughs) Good to be with you, though, again. It's like... Uh, you know, P- Pittsburgh, um, I, I had very special moments in that town uh, when I was doing my Death by China film way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have one, really one of the most picturesque cities oh, yeah. in the country. And uh, I just uh, I just love it. So um, good to talk. Pennsylvania is like at the center of my taking back Trump's uh, American mission because in order to take back the White House in 2024, we really have to start in 2022 with the elections. And certainly you got a hot Senate race there. you got a hot governor's race there. And um, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about some of the congressional races you think are uh, a particular note. Yeah. Well, um, the, this Fetterman thing here is just, uh, it's really getting crazy. He I, I, I've said here that it might be the, uh, the end of the human race if he's if people are dumb enough to elect this guy. It's, he's that bad. Just found out today that uh, he, he he's he's against pro-choice. Uh, he, he likes public schools. Doesn't want to see the schools defunded. He's one of those guys. And a story comes out yeah. today that he didn't pay his school taxes from two oh six two thousand six to two thousand nineteen. <laughs> And had like thirty six <laughs> liens placed against his property, so that's where we are with him. <laughs> oh, you can't make that up. I mean, I tell you, like you just look at afar 
at that guy, uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's a lot younger than Biden, but he's got about the same amount of coherence. Yeah. And if people fall for that homespun crap, uh, God help us. Um, but I, I'm telling you, the taking, I, when I wrote the taking, when I was writing the taking back Trump's America book, I never thought it would be as timely as it is. But Biden, Pelosi, uh, Merrick Garland, uh, all of these actors for the Democrats in Washington have, have, have really drawn a sharp contrast between their woke, progressive Kamala Harris uh, world, which is causing uh, the worst economic stagflation, inflation crisis I've seen since the 70s. Our, our southern border is having the worst invasion in its history. And Russia, China, Iran are all running amok. And it, it's all started within a, 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 just a little more than a year and a half of Trump leaving office. And it's just such a sharp contrast to what we did. And I was with the boss for all four years um, in the White House, as well as with him on the campaign. You know, we had a, a strategy. We had a plan. We implemented it. Um, and we need to save this country. And that, that's why Taking Back Trump's America, the book, is so important. Because it's a blueprint and battle cry for MAGA, Make America Great Again, Trump Republicans, not rhinos, uh, to take back this country for, for people who really are, are in the, the, the heartland of this country, who make up the fiber and bone and sinew uh, of this country. Well, I, I have to ask you, because are you giving us a scoop here? Because the book is, um, it, you said, it says here, the title is Why We Lost the White House and How We'll Win It Back. Uh, he hasn't officially said he's running again. Is this is this the announcement that he's running again? Uh, because uh, that's right there in the title of your book. Here, here's my uh, prediction. Uh, I haven't spoken in, to him directly about his choice. But what I do know is this. It's, it's a little late now to announce before the congressional elections in November. I'm predicting a Christmas president, a Christmas president, a Christmas surprise. Um, I'd be very surprised if we didn't hear him throw in uh, his hat uh, into the ring uh, before the New Year's out. Well, you claim in the book that uh, Trump was betrayed by a bunch of incompetent and disloyal quote-unquote, bad personnel inside the White House. Uh, to whom are you referring there, Peter? Let me, uh, let me lay the foundation kind of historically for that. Okay. You remember back in Reagan's day, he had a phrase called personnel is policy, meaning that if you put the wrong people in the White House, uh, people who didn't reflect the president's vision, you'd get policies which deviated from that vision. Uh-huh. Unfortunately... The Trump administration, uh, at the beginning of it, at the dawn of the Trump administration, we did not take that the lesson to heart. And I refine that to say bad personnel is not only bad policy, but also bad politics. And there was a whole group of people close to him in the White House and in the cabinet agencies who were disloyal to him, who stabbed him in the back, and in some cases were just plain incompetent. And that led to a series of strategic failures that made the election close enough to steal. And the two people, I I name a lot of names in the book, uh, including a lot of good people who serve who should serve again, but the two people who I believe if they had simply never darkened the door of the White House, 
Trump would still be there. That would be Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Mm -hmm. He was the Neville Chamberlain of our time, the guy who was constantly back-channeling the communist Chinese and backstabbing the president on our China negotiations. He was just a one-man wrecking crew. And then the son-in-law, Jared Kirshner, who had no qualifications to be in the White House, no business being there, and he, he was an equal opportunity screw-up. He screwed up China, certainly. He screwed up uh, the pieces of the pandemic the boss gave to him. But most of all, he screwed up the campaign itself. Um, he, 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 we went... Yeah, I was I was on that campaign in 2016. It was a, as I talk about in take, talking taking back Trump's America. It was a work of art. Twenty people on the airplane. Steve Bannon is the master strategist. Hundred people in the Trump Tower war room. I mean, we rocked on behalf of the president, and we went from that to to a a, a, a version of Hillary Clinton's blow to the Hindenburg under Kushner's uh, leadership. Um, and, and Brad Parscale, the kind of titular campaign manager. And he, you know, I, the passage in the book I refer to in the kind of as dumb and dumber where, you know, the, the Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels should play him in the movie about him. But th those were the kinds of things we can't, we can't afford. And, you know, it's like, if, if you don't remember the mistakes of the past, you're condemned to repeat them. And that's part of the, the ethos and culture of the Taking Back Trump's America book. It is a, I think it will be one of the defining books of history with respect to the Trump administration, because I was there, I saw the whole arc right. of that history. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a book of action um, to, to take back Trump's America in, in 2022 and 2024. Well, we're talking to Peter Navarro. The book is Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We'll Win It Back. Jared Kushner is his son-in-law, Peter. Uh, if yes, you can't trust yes, your son-in-law, who can you trust? Uh, your mother-in-law. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know okay. about that. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, exactly. That's the point. Um, look, um, if, if the boss had brought in Don Jr., Mm-hmm. Or Eric Trump, mm -hmm. um, they would have done a, a really good job. Jared, look at the end of the day. Jared, liberal Democrat, New York, Manhattan real estate developer, who I think um, has put making money ahead of serving his country. I mean, as you simply look at what he's doing now, he's just cashing in on all of the connections he made in the White House to raise a billion dollars to go. Um, invest in God knows what around the globe, certainly things that aren't likely to help this country. Um, it, it was just an unfortunate situation. And, you know, family's family, it was hard, I think, uh, uh, for that situation to go on. But, yeah, but the problem was there was too many people in the White House afraid of Jared to say anything, and he pretty much uh, steadily gathered power. I mean, John Kelly was wound up being his whipping boy, uh, and it was unfortunate. But the campaign itself, I mean, let's, let's agree on this, the facts. In 2016, we were vastly outspent by Hillary Clinton and won. In 2020, Trump actually raised more money than Joe Biden, but the problem was that we had Jared Kushner, like a monkey with a flamethrower, as I talk about in the book, 
spending money way, way, way before Election Day so that we ran out of money in the critical weeks before the votes were going to get cast. You cannot afford to make a rookie mistake like that. You cannot do that and expect good things to happen. And that was just one of many things. I mean, we had this bloated payroll. There were people in there like, who had little qualifications, young, young kids, effectively, earning six figures. And then the pandemic hits, and they don't even show up for work. And it's like we were burning cash uh, you know, like a dot-com bubble company uh, during the campaign and spending it on stupid stuff. And it's all, I mean, it all goes to the feet of the son-in-law. Wow. Well, um, was it more disloyalty or was it incompetence or a combination of both? But, you know, and, and I guess how aware uh, were these people of the damage they were doing? If it's disloyalty, they had to be doing it on purpose. I love that question. And um, one of my, uh, my favorites in the White House was the trade rep, Bob Lighthizer. And he would sit there in these meetings and listen to these guys. And afterwards, Bob, who has a pretty sharp sense of humor, would joke, you know, there were two kinds of people in the Trump administration, the kind who thought they had to save Trump, Trump, uh, excuse me, they had to save the world from Trump, right? They had to save the world from Trump. And those who thought that Trump could save the world, with me and Lighthizer, obviously, in that second category. And that's the problem. These people came in. They never got a single vote in their life. They imposed their own rhino values. And so um, I think the three worst examples of that were the three generals, H.R. Uh, McMaster, National Security Advisor, Jim Mattis uh, at the Pentagon, and John Kelly as Chief of Staff. You know, these are four-star generals, McMaster a three-star, who in the military, well, you know, what's the most important thing in the military? What is absolutely the most important thing? It's obeying what? The chain of command. Mm -hmm. Trump was the commander-in-chief. I saw these three generals repeatedly, repeatedly disobey that chain of command because they thought they knew better than Trump did. Yeah, well, you can't do that. No, but you cannot do that in a White House. That's just, that just won't work. It's wrong, and shame on them. Well, how much of that, though, is... Um was a result of Trump just never being taken seriously enough because he wasn't a career politician. And, uh, and that's I, I've always thought that's the main reason for most of the hatred toward him, that they just they don't think he deserves to be there because he's not one of them. I, it was just bad choices. There's an interesting uh, chapter early on in Taking Back Trump's America talking about the original sin of the administration we committed the day after Trump won the election on November 8, 2016. And that was to uh, open up the tent, the Trump tent, to the rhino wing of the Republican Party, the thinking being there that we could all work together and that the, the, the rhinos from the Republican National Committee and the, the establishment Republicans would come in and help President Trump push forward his vision and his agenda. I mean, it was, looking back on that, it was ludicrous on its face. And I wound up uh, having uh, to fight these people more on the inside than the outside. There's a great story, taking back Trump's America, about me in the Roosevelt room with the boss sitting across the table. We're surrounded by the cabinet and top officials in the West Wing. 
the president is really upset about the slow pace of his trade policy, and he summons everybody to figure out what the hell's going on. We go around the room. By the time we get there, he realizes there's only two people in the room who supports the trade policy. It's me and him. Wow. I see his eyebrows raise, and it was like an epiphany for him. And it was like, okay, Houston, we got a problem. And, and shortly after that, um, he gave me uh, and Lighthizer much more uh, leeway to get done what we needed to do. But every day was a struggle. And Mnuchin or Kushner or Gary Cohn, the Goldman Sachs idiot, or then Kudlow, uh, Larry Kudlow replaced Cohn. I mean, Larry, yeah, he's a nice enough guy, but he's a Wall Street guy. He hated tariffs. And um, the worst part was that all of these guys, uh, when they were in the Oval Office with the boss, would say, sir, yes, sir, smile, and say, yeah, I'll do whatever you tell me. And damn it, they'd go out the door and they'd be, be no further than the outer oval getting ready to do just the opposite. And, and I was the guy who was half, at, constantly in conflict with these guys, and it was exhausting. I'll be honest with you. It was like, what the hell is going on here? How, how do you guys do that? But uh, that won't happen in the second Trump term. The boss um, understands that. He's up the learning curve. He'll hit the ground running. We'll solve all of the problems uh, that we need to on the economy and national security and energy, by the way. And by the way, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, that's the Saudi Arabia of this country yeah. with respect to, to fracking and natural gas. And in a Trump world, Pennsylvania would be far better off today than it is under Joe Biden. Biden has effectively destroyed the fracking industry in Pennsylvania. And, it's the, the, and oh, and by the way, gasoline and natural gas prices are up. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, we're, we're talking to Peter Navarro. The book is Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House, How We'll Win It Back. All the things you just described there for this last minute or so um, about the things that that uh, Donald Trump discovered and he, you know, raising the eyebrows and, and, and uh, getting the idea that maybe he shouldn't be trusting some people that he was trusting. And you touched on it a little bit there, but so what, what if he takes over and becomes president tomorrow and he, you know, he's inaugurated tomorrow, what's he do differently than, from what he did the first time? Now, I don't mean just necessarily policy, but just in, in personnel issues and, and trusting, no, find, and deciding who to trust and not to trust? Well, again, it is a personnel issue. Um, a lot of the bad decisions, personnel-wise, were front-loaded uh, in the first part of the administration. There's a, there's a guy uh, named Johnny McEntee. I love this kid. Uh, I met him back on uh, the Trump Force One, the, the candidate's plane, he was one of the original body men for Trump with Keith Schiller. And uh, just smart as a whip, um, he rose through the ranks. Uh, and by the end, he was the head of uh, the personnel office. You put a guy like McEntee in there, there won't be any worries. I, uh, In taking back Trump's America, I do offer up uh, not just my vice presidential uh, favorite picks, uh, but also the dream cabinet uh, and well as the dream staffing of the West Wing. So there's plenty of, as bad, as tough as I am on a lot of the people who served in the Trump administration, there's many more who served ably who should get second terms with names like 
O'Brien or, or Patel or, or Wilkie or Bernhard or Brule. Um, these people uh, were, were part of the success of the Trump administration, and they, uh, they deserve a second term. So um, I have to ask you, before, before we run out of time here, uh, we're talking to Peter Navarro, author of Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We Win It Back. You were uh, charged with contempt of Congress back in June. What's happening with that? i got exactly a minute left. I'm up against a hard break. Uh, I'm down over $400,000 wow. in legal fees for a misdemeanor. This is what they're trying to do. They want to bankrupt you. Uh, and I'm facing a possible prison term for doing my duty to this country and the Constitution and the president. And um, that therein lies the tale. And, and I have a personal stake uh, in getting Nancy Pelosi and uh, her illegitimate uh, band of partisans the hell out of power on Capitol Hill. So um, let's get it done in Pennsylvania. Taking back Trump's America while we lost the White House and how we'll win it back. Peter Navarro, thank you. All right, my brother. You take care. All right, we'll be Take- right. Oh, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. We're done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Fan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.